As total and terrible as times may have been for most, she was spared, as some are always spared. And in a remote district near the White Sea, they lived subject to God and nature, unbending to revolution or any other creation of man, not because they were strong, for they were frail, but because they stood in the eye of the hurricane, correspondent with mildness and awe. Though they had been mainly sad and unsuccessful, not heroic in any way, not great lords or particularly wise, not so strong, not so beloved, from their obscurity, they were moved by the beauty of the world, often touched and often electrified by natural storms and colors. And they formed in their way a silent aristocracy, neither empowered nor bold nor even known. They were to be born and to die in a long, unrecognized line, only rarely favored by fortune. In this way, they suffered and were not distinguished, but they had one special power. They understood the light. I want to talk today about uh, the difference between the two kingdoms. Uh, we live in a world um, that is basically a, it's kingdom divided. There's the kingdom of light, uh, which is uh, headed by Jesus, and then there's the kingdom of darkness, headed by Satan. And the battle between these two kingdoms affects our entire life. Um, and basically today I want to talk about, I would just want to contrast the two kingdoms and in a sense talk about what it means to be a Christian or a participant in the kingdom of light. Go to the next slide. Uh, this is from Ephesians. And it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And then here from uh, 1 John. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. And then here from Colossians. Uh, Give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, Next slide, please. Basically, I picked this picture. uh, This is a uh, boulder and a stream. And this really is, I just want this image to stick in your head. This is who we are called to be as believers. We're called to be a boulder in the stream. All of history and all of our culture is rushing in one direction. And we're called to stand in contradiction to it. And to create a contrast, a visible um, arrow pointing to God. And basically, this, as a believer, we're to be a boulder in the stream. So the two kingdoms, light versus darkness. Um, and one thing I want to say before I get started, I'm just going to go and contrast the two real quick. Um, but one thing I've noticed in my own life is that every time I make a choice for light, um, it, the light inside me gets stronger. And it's my goal that as I live, that the light will continue to grow and to strengthen in me. And every time I make a choice for good, I'm strengthening that light within me and weakening the power of darkness in my life. Because all of us can feel that battle that goes on inside of us, the battle between good and darkness, between um, uh, good and evil. Um, And my point is that, or what I'd like to, my contention is that every time you make a choice for goodness, for love, uh, for life, for light, you strengthen that within you. And then you strengthen that in your family. And then as a result, you strengthen your community. Every choice you make for good, you strengthen us as a church, as River, River City Vineyard. 
and then you strengthen us as a town, as a nation. You can't control anybody else, but you can't control yourself. And as you continue to make choices for good, you're going to strengthen your fam- yourself, your family, your community, this church, the nation. And eventually, if everyone lives that way, then we will have a, uh, um, we will bring light into this world. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. Um, so starting off, uh, the difference between life and death. Uh, Jesus said, um, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I come that you may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus offers life to us. Satan offers death. And we have the choice every day. And beyond just life and death, heaven and hell, there's the choice of do we live a life that is full, that appreciates everything. Um, I think as, as believers, we're supposed to be almost just uh, a bundle of nerves, you know, receptors, and we just receive all this beauty that he's given to us. And when you walk out, you just almost like an electrical pulse. You, you take strength from the beauty that God has surrounded you with, the color green and the color blue in the sky. Um, from music and from art, that all these things would electrify you and build the, the light that is within you. And so you, that you would live a full life, full of happiness and joy. You know, when I see um, um, the Amish, you know, and they very much, I, I respect their, you know, their life, but the thing that makes me sad about them is that they, they wear all black. And it's just that there's that lack of color, you know. God put all these colors in our life. And we're, he put them there for us to enjoy. Um, and if we're not enjoying the life that, that God has given us, then we're not living it to the full. So that's also part of what I mean when I say the choice between life and death. Because you can be very much alive and also dead inside. And as you go through life, you experience pain. Every, every one of us, pain, constantly. And so we can cauterize those nerves and say, I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to feel. You know, I'm going to shut that part of my life off. But no, God wants us to keep our hearts soft and open, regardless of the pain that comes, so that we can feel the good things that he's given us. And I haven't experienced great pain in my life yet, um, but I know that it'll come. But I want to build a storehouse of light and life within me to carry me through those dark times that I know will eventually come. Um, next comes love, um, the difference between love and hate. Uh, God offers us love, Satan offers us hate. Uh, he loves to steal, to kill, and destroy. Satan hates life, he hates love, he hates beauty, he hates truth. And another one, um, you could even say indifference, you know. It's the choice between, for us as believers, it, the choice between light and darkness is the choice between love and indifference, because we can be indifferent to those around us, which in a sense is almost worse than hate. Hate at least engages, but indifference says, I don't even care that you exist. So we're, but we're called to feel and to live lives of love and compassion. And in Isaiah it says, you know, if you um, take care of those who are less fortunate, my glory will be your rear guard. And so when we live lives of love, we're opening ourselves up to be blessed by God. And then the the difference between light and darkness is the difference between truth and lies. And this one uh, is just very important to me. All society, really, a functioning society depends on truth. Our courts depend on truth. Um, our school systems depend on truth. 
Even our marriages depend on truth. Every relationship we have depends on truth. And we need to be advocates for truth. We need to love the truth. We need to defend the truth. We need to, uh, at great personal cost, we need to be truthful people, even if it, if it costs us something. Um, the truth is the foundation. God is truth. And on the other hand, we have, in the kingdom of darkness, lies. Satan is lies. He lies to us all the time. Oh, they don't like you. Or that person. What did, what did she mean by that? He was probably slamming you. You know, he just gives you lies. Or you're not good enough. You can't do it. So Satan is always lying to us. So the choice between light and darkness is the choice between truth and lies. And then we have giving and stealing. Uh, Steve talked a little bit about it today. As believers, we are called to be givers. And we can't outgive God. Uh, and the scripture says, you know, whatever you give to me, uh, this is God speaking, I will give back to you. And I will press it down, I will shake it, and it will be overflowing. So just picture you give God a cup, right? And it's full of whatever. And it's very loosely packed, right? So you offer, God, this is what I'm offering to you. He takes that and he smashes it down. And then he shakes it together so that it's very tight. And then he fills it to overflowing. So he's going to give, whatever you give to him, he's going to give back to you even more. With a heart of generosity. God is a generous God. And we can't outgive him. And we're called to live lives of giving. On the other hand, the kingdom of darkness is about stealing. Stealing joy. Um, stealing basically your life and the, the pleasure that is there to, to have in it. Next one. And then the difference between light and darkness is the difference between creating and destroying. We're called, God is a creator, and we're made in his image. And so we're called to create things. Um, I was thinking about, uh, when I was putting this together, I was thinking about Peter. Um, and he's, you know, he studied architecture. And he, uh, he has a chance to actually create beautiful things in this world with architecture. Um, for any of you who have been blessed with art, you know, God has given you a gift to create things. Uh, with mothers, you, every day you have a chance to create a beautiful life. You're shaping and you're structuring these lives that have been given to you. Um, and even, you know, I think of work. Most of us have jobs. Work is a blank template upon which you can project all these features of light, but especially creating. Create things in your job. Um, and when you do that, you will feel the pleasure of God because he is a creator. And it's also active, creating opportunities. Uh, we don't sit by passively and wait for things to happen. God has given us authority. And, you know, I was thinking about the difference between active and passive. Let's say you pass someone in the street. Um, I think there was something on the news recently about a boy who was being uh, bullied, and they hung him in a tree or something and on a fence. And they showed passerbys walking by. That's passivity. But as people of the light, we are called to intervene. If we see things that are wrong, we're called to step in and create a right situation to bring order where there's chaos. And so God has given us a great responsibility. And I think, you know, when I think of creating an active, I think the opposite of it, we all do it, we all need it, um, is sitting on the couch watching TV. That's as passive as you can get. You're creating nothing. You're just passively accepting whatever comes on the TV. Um, and, you know, that's a part of our lives. That's what we do. But it can definitely get out of hand. And I think at times, 
you know, in my life where I've spent too much time on the couch watching TV. This is just in the back of my head, you know. I'm not out there creating. God made me to create, and I'm just sitting here passively doing nothing and, in a sense, destroying my brain cells. Um, <laughs> the next one is beauty. You know, you go to the uh, supermarket, and what does our culture say that beauty is? That's right there. You know, very, uh, I, th- I was thinking about this this morning. Imagine if, um, let's say, somebody from the 1800s, you know, went to one of our supermarkets. They would be shocked, right? And uh, so just put, let's put a family from the 1800s in our life, right? And the husband's like, oh, I'm going to the supermarket. <laughs> and the wife would be like, you dirty old man. <laughs> Why do you always want to go to the supermarket? You know, because think about it. The stuff that is normal to us is just, we've, we've accepted it, you know, the, the supermarket. You go there, you're in the checkout line, there's going to be row after row of all these scantily clad women. And that's what our culture says beauty is. But as we stand in the stream, um, we say, no, that's not what beauty is. Beauty is what's on the inside. And beauty is, it's, when you create something, that's beautiful. When you give something, that's beautiful. When you tell the truth, that's an act of beauty. And it's a purity, and you need to cultivate that purity within your mind and within your life because it can get out of whack very easily in our culture. Uh, and then on the other side, the kingdom of darkness offers ugliness. You know, you think of um, uh, communist Russia, you know, where they had Chernobyl, and what happened? Absolute destruction. Created a depraved atmosphere um, and a, a very ugly uh, part of life. And the pollution that was there. You know, we've had pollution in our own country. Um, but wherever there is a people of darkness who do not believe in the light, they are going to eventually create ugliness. And you think of the Lord of the Rings. That's, you know, what he was talking about with Mordor. What did they do? They cut down all the trees and just made this very ugly place that was uninhabitable. It's depraved. Uh, wherever there is beauty or wherever there is light, there will be beauty, a pure beauty. Wherever there is darkness, there will be ugliness and depravity. Next one. Uh, and then this one, uh, light versus darkness. Light, to, cr- to cultivate this light within us, it's hard. It's hard to tell the truth sometimes. It's hard to do the right thing. Uh, and Jesus said, narrow is the way, and few will find it. Broad is the path of destruction. That broad path is easy to take. It's easy to get on. But to live a life full of light requires constant vigilance, and that's hard. But when we do that, you know, there's a, uh, one of my favorite sentences uh, is from this story about a paratrooper. He's paratrooped in behind enemy lines, and he got injured, uh, uh, severely injured. He's on the point of death, and he's laying there, and he has a mission to do. And if he does his mission, he can save a lot of his people. Um, and he's laying there, and he wakes up. And he's just in constant pain. And uh, he's just deciding, do I just lay here and die? Or do I get up and in great pain? Do I do what I know I need to do? And what will save many of my friends? And so it says, um, the sentence says, um, the delight of honor unknown to anyone but himself would have to substitute for a life that no longer lay ahead. The delight of honor unknown to anyone but himself would have to substitute for a life that no longer lay ahead. So basically he decided, I'm going to do the right thing. And what will sustain me is the delight of honor. But nobody knows about it except for me. 
but that's enough. That's going to sustain me through this hard task. And as believers, many times we'll be in situations where there's no one around, nobody sees what we do when we make a choice for light or darkness. But think about that sentence, the delight of honor, unknown to anyone but yourself. Let that sustain you, because you know your Father sees you. And sometimes it's hard, you know, people matter more than God because they're right in front of us and we see them. God sees us, and he sees that choice you're making. And over time, you know, every day we make a hundred choices. Every one of us makes a hundred choices for light or darkness. And over time, within us, that builds up this great deposit of either light or darkness. And it's just all these choices, these little choices, most of which nobody sees. And that, that can be hard. And the weight of that can at times, you know, you just want to give up and just take the easy way. Uh, but light, it's hard. But every good thing is hard. You know, you think about a symphony, all these musicians coming together and creating this beautiful um, sound. They practice for months and months and months. Um, this, like Jen said, the Super Bowl guys tonight, you know, they practice. And for them, too, it's, you know, did you do your workout when nobody was around? And the people who did it and they worked hard, now it's going to pay off tonight when, whatever, 200 million people are watching them play football, you know. Those little decisions they made all along the way. But there's always a payoff at the end. Next slide. Our culture um, is very much about fast, 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 easy, fast. Um, but the kingdom of light is about slow. And again, you know, you look at a flower, and over time, it takes time. You plant your tulips in the fall, and they come up in the spring. It takes a while. But I like this uh, phrase, confident patience, which I call faith. Confident patience. It may, it may be slow. You know, you look at God. He's outside of time. He's not in a rush. He's not going anywhere. Nothing. He has no reason to be in a hurry. You look at Jesus, you know, when Lazarus died. And he's like, all right, we'll get there. We'll get there. And everybody else is like, no, 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 no. Um, and I imagine quite a few were pointing fingers, you know, when Jesus got there. Like, I told you. He's dead now, you know. Um, but no, God has confident patience. He is going to win in the end. And that's what we need to cultivate within ourselves. And that's hard because we live in a culture that says fast, fast, now, 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 do, do, go, go. We, we need to cultivate that confident patience within us. Uh, next slide. Uh, the kingdom of light is together. It's about togetherness. The kingdom of darkness is about apart. I think one uh, example of this, uh, just to give you a kind of a word picture on apart, you know, you... If you fly these days, what is every, you get on the plane, 90% of the people have headphones on. You know, so let's say you're sitting in the middle. The guy on the right and the guy on the left, they both have headphones on. There's no talking. You're apart, even though you're sitting right next to each other. And I just think that's so sad. God has called us to be together. Um, and one of the greatest examples of being together is in a life group, because that's where the rubber hits the road. You're going to be together with a group of people and they are going to know what's good about you, what's bad about you. They're going to know your strengths, your weaknesses, uh, your failures, your triumphs. But you're going to share that together. And through that, you're going to get a fuller picture of God. God put a little piece of himself in each one of us. And when we bring them together, we get a full picture of who he is. You know, there's so many times, I'm an introvert, so, you know, I, I would love to be a monk and just live, you know, and make, make uh, wine, you know, tend to my vineyard. <laughs> Um, that sounds like an ideal life, you know? But that's not what God has called us to. 
He's called us to togetherness, to be together. And that's what the kingdom of light is. It is together. Next. And then uh, the kingdom of light produces peace. Kingdom of darkness produces violence. And the first place you see this is within a family. A family dedicated to the light lives in peace. Now you're going to argue. Um, I have a hard time controlling my child this morning. Um, there's, I'm not saying you're going to live in perfect peace, but as a whole, if you are committed to light, your family will live in peace. Or the, you know, you think of the kingdom of darkness, the violence of divorce. It's a violent act. And one day it severs a family and separates them. And it's great sadness. And there are people of the light who get divorced. Um, and there are people of the darkness who live in peace. But as a whole, light creates peace. Darkness creates violence. And we even see that in war. You know, throughout human history, <coughs> mankind has been at war. War is almost the default position of man. And same with poverty. Violence and poverty are basically, if you look through history, that's man's default. That's what he's going to go to. That's what the majority of people throughout history have lived under, is violence and poverty. And, you know, we live in a rare time. Um, for us in this country, we've been blessed with peace, both peace and prosperity. Um, but it won't last. History tells us it's not going to last. Um, because man constantly turns back to the darkness, unless you fight to keep that light alive within you. Uh, the next one. Light produces gratitude. Darkness produces complaining. Um, and you, I think, too, you know, there's an old saying that says, who you are is who you'll be surrounded by. People that complain end up being surrounded by complainers, and they live miserable lives. People who have hearts of gratitude end up being surrounded by people who are grateful. And you could say that about every single one of these things. And that's why it's so important to cultivate that within us. Um, and why as believers, you know, we don't belong in bars drinking. Because if that's who we are, that's who we're going to end up being surrounded by. Um, as believers, we don't, um, it doesn't become us to talk about people behind their back. Because eventually, if you do that, you're going to be surrounded by people who talk about you behind your back. And as believers, we need to cultivate gratitude. We have so much to be thankful for. Even the person in the most pain, there's still something to be thankful for. You know, a red bird flies by your window and lands in the tree. I mean, that's one of the most beautiful things you could see. And that's available freely to all. And God has put those things there to point us to him. And as believers, as people of the light, we need to cultivate that. I really think that we need to be gardeners, people who create beauty around our house. You know, um, and I... I you know, for me, I can't, I can't always do uh, everything I want to do in my head because I don't have the money yet. But I want to create, I want my house. When people drive by it, I want them to say, that's a, that's a beautiful house. I really like what they've done with the yard. Don't drive by my house today because <laughs> that's not what it looks like. But that's where I'm going. That's where I'm headed. I'm headed for light. And I want to create beauty because that beauty always points the way to God. And next slide. Joy. Versus emptiness. And joy is, um, I listened to this guy, uh, he has a happiness hour on Fridays on the radio. 
And he talks about how joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Never. People who are happy are happy regardless. People are upset. You give them a million bucks, they're still going to find something to complain about. Joy. Cultivate that joy deep inside of you. Listen to music that cultivates that joy within you. You know, there's, I, I would say, you know, when I choose between light and darkness, one of the big choices I have to make every day is media. So I love music. But you can actually hear the light or the darkness in music. And there's some music, I, I, I love the beat, I would love to listen to it, but you can just hear the darkness in it. And I just, you know, I'm just training myself because I want to cultivate that light within me. Turn it off, turn it off, find something else. The music can actually affect you. These paintings, they can affect your mood. Um, and on the other side, we have emptiness, a great emptiness, a sadness, no matter what happens. Next slide. And uh, just to cut down on time, I've got a bunch here. Uh, the choice between light and darkness is a choice between health and sickness. Not to say that we won't get sick if we're people of the light, we will. But as a, as a whole, people who are happy typically tend to be healthy. Um, courage. A life of courage. We're to be marked by courage. And courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is feeling very much afraid, but doing what is right anyways. So the most courageous people are actually the most afraid because they've overcome their fear. On the other side, we have fear. Fear debilitates you. It paralyzes you. That's what Satan would love to do to us. He would love to get us so afraid. And I've been there in my life. I've been paralyzed by fear and depression where I did nothing. I wasn't creating anything. There was, even in depression, I could feel joy, but I wasn't, my wife would say I wasn't a joy to be around. Um, Fear debilitates you. Satan loves to paralyze you, to sideline you, to take you out. And he'll use fear. That's one of his number one ways. But we are called to be people of courage. And then victory. In the end, victory. Light will win. Light has won. Darkness is defeat. If you, if you live a life of darkness, you will experience defeat. If you live a life of light, you will experience a life of victory both here on earth and ultimately. And then one final verse to wrap it up. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So you have a choice today. I think most of you have already made a choice for light, for love, for life, for truth, for joy. But if you haven't yet, come talk to one of us. Uh, You can come talk to me. If you want to have the life that Jesus offers and live in victory, uh, come talk to me and we can talk about it. You can talk to Steve or Marianne. Um, That's it.